Amen. God bless you. We're so glad you're all here. Welcome to Church on the Hill. Hope y'all are having a great week, great month. God is with us. I thought that was such a good word from John. Did y'all hear what he said? Yeah, amen, that your breakthrough is coming and that God is in the breakthrough. Can anybody say amen? Are you needing breakthrough? Then listen to the manifest word of the Lord. I believe that was a rhema word. And it's, sometimes it's easy to turn that off. Don't. Line it up with God's Word. Line it up with what you're walking through. Line it up with God's Spirit. God is with you. And He's desiring your breakthrough as much as you are. Do you know that? I'd say that He wants it more than we want it. If you can imagine that, God wants my breakthrough more than I want it. I can tell you, I want it. Anybody looking for breakthrough? God is with you in the breakthrough. Amen. All right, well, we have been talking about friendships. We have been talking about having the right friendships and how God, let me get my phone working. It didn't work last week, but it's going to work today. Um, God places people. God places godly people in our way, in our walk to help us get to where he is desiring for us to be. Do you know that God has a will for your life? Everybody say yes. You may not know it, but you're going to say yes anyway. God has a will for your life, doesn't he? Say yes. Yes, God has a will. And he, his will for your life is good. If you look at Jeremiah 29, 11, his plans for you are great. Have you ever made plans for a trip? His plans for you are great. His plans for you have a hope and a future and one where he blesses you and that he is with you, and he helps you overcome, as that word came this morning. God is a God who overcomes. Amen. So we want to be looking at our friendships. Now, I want to go back to my childhood. Um, back when I was in elementary school, I once had a friend ask me to spend the night with him. My parents said it was okay to go, and it was kind of like a sleepover. There were a few uh, boys that spent the night. We goofed off and played, and I don't remember exactly what we did, but the one thing I do remember doing is levitating someone. How do you forget that one? Do the two fingers and literally levitated one of the other kids. Now, I had been brought up in a home where I knew that wasn't right. But I did not have the courage to walk away from it. So I did it. And I want you to know that is witchcraft. That kind of stuff will follow with you. You've got to get free of stuff like that. And I had, I think it was second or third grade. But how much our friends influence us. And let me tell you, I'm a very, I was a strong, I was, I am a pretty strong-willed person. You can't hardly get me to do something I don't want to do. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't have any problem saying no. I don't mind to say no. It's, you, for the most part, it's a healthy thing to be able to say no. Does everybody know that God says no? Do you know there's some kind of teachings out there where parents are told not to tell their kids no? Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There are times to say no. Uh, I don't like the word no. I don't like to be told no. But I was led into a situation that I was not strong enough to say no to due to a friendship. Now, this person I'm still friends with, I'm, I would say that the person doesn't even remember it, that happening. But I do. And how influential 
how much our friends influence us. Can everybody say amen? And how important what my parents, my parents were trying to teach me morality and how much that is a protection in my life. Good morals. Do you know that God's word, as long as it goes with me, as long as I have it down deep in my heart, it will give me the morals to know when to say no. And you know, in that setting with those kids, I knew to say no. I just didn't. Anybody here ever messed up? Sometimes we mess up. Well, I want to show you this morning in, uh, let's see, I believe it is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Something I want you to catch about the wrong friends. They literally will lead you to the wrong place. We're not just talking about making bad decisions. We're not just talking about moments. I'm talking about your direction in life. Your friends, your wrong friends will lead you to the wrong place. Do you see why that's so important that we know who the right friends are and that we are with the right friends? Your connections affect your destinations. Your connections affect your destinations. But today we're going to talk about how much God really does care about who we hang with. And not only that, God's on the hook of getting the right people around us. That's part of what he does. That's part of what a parent does is make sure that our children are hanging out with the right people. You bring them into your house, you find out what they're about. You know, you get around the dinner table, you let them go loose in the house, and you just kind of follow around. You can find out what they're about by what's coming out of their mouth, by what they're doing. You can also find out a lot about your own children doing that. Because friends influence our life. They lead us somewhere in life. Since you've been saved, since you've given your heart to Jesus, have you had some friendships that you've had to let go? It's hard. And those friendships, aren't, those aren't necessarily, well... They're not necessarily bad people. They just might be at this time bad for you. Um, I have certainly had to let go of some. I have also certainly made a lot of new friends. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, it says to don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? It's so important who you're hanging with. We need to be joined with believers, people who believe in God, people who believe in us and who believe in the destiny and the purpose that God has for our life. You know, as I sit around with some of my friends, I want to find out where they're going. Where are you going? Where do you want to go? What's God speaking to you in your life? Because I, be I want to help be a conduit to get you where you're going. And I want those around me to be a part of helping me get where I'm going. Friends listen to friends. And friends help each other. But talking about being yoked, you know, I have a yoke. I have a double yoke and a single yoke in my office right now. And I'm not talking about eggs. I should have brought it out here, but I didn't. Uh, one of the things I got from my grandfather was a, a calf yoke. 
and literally you stick the two calves' heads through this thing, and they pull. But can you imagine two cows wanting to go two different directions and yoke together? But the master's wanting them to plow a field. What would that field look like? A mess. One wanting to go this way, then pulling that way, and then pulling that way. And you know it hurts. I think one time I even did a demonstration where we stuck our head through the yoke. And it hurts. We need to be pulling together. But it says we should be yoked together. And look at Amos chapter 3, verse 3. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the, the direction? It takes agreement. Everybody say agreement. It takes agreement to make progress in your life. To make progress in the direction that we're supposed to go. And do you know what happens? You give your heart to Jesus. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. You get connected to a body. And God starts to connect you to people. People that are going in the same direction. People that have wisdom to let you know you're going in the wrong direction. Have you ever gotten with someone and they start telling you you're going the wrong way? You have a decision to make. Am I going to still sit here with this person and listen, or am I going to break relationship and go a different direction? But when we get around godly wisdom, people full of wisdom and full of the Spirit of God, they will start speaking into your life, trying to get you on track. It takes agreement to go forward. It makes me think about Ruth in the Bible. You know the story about Ruth, little girl who grew up, got married, didn't know God, didn't worship God, was in a place that didn't know God, didn't worship God. It was Moab, and it was a dark place. And, you know, next thing you know, her mother, um, her mother, I forgot her mother's name, Naomi, mother-in-law. This mother-in-law had two sons, These two sons were married, and one of the girls married to one of these two sons was Ruth. And these two sons died. And here are these two daughter-in-laws widowed. And here's a mom without her kids. And it was in a place that, that really didn't know God. But do you know what Ruth said? Ruth saw some value in Naomi. And I don't want you to forget, Naomi was her mother-in-law. Anybody here have a mother-in-law? Thank you. We have challenges with our in-laws. Anybody have a challenge with their in-law? Everybody say yes. Okay, you don't have to. I got one of you. Um, But you know what she said? Where you go, I will go. Let me show you that. Your people are going to be my people. And your God is going to be my God. I want you to catch something that Ruth came to a crossroads of devastation. She was a young woman, didn't know where she was going in life, but saw value in Ruth and really what she saw, um, saw, saw value in her mother-in-law and what she saw was God. God led these two together and Ruth said, if you remember, Naomi said, just go on, go remarry. I'm going to go back home. You just go on and, and find you another husband. We can't wait for me to have another child. It's going to take forever. You're going to be old. You go on and do your thing. The one daughter-in-law did, left. But Ruth said, no, your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you go, 
I will go. And I want you to catch that her connection to that woman, that godly relationship, that older woman that she allowed herself to be connected to, changed her future. Do you know what happened? They went back home. She wound up getting married. She wound up being in the lineage of Jesus Christ. The children that she had wound up being her great, 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 whatever grandchild was Jesus. That's what changed when she started following the godly influence that was placed over her life. Her entire future changed. When she said this, her life literally had fallen apart. But she made a decision. You are sitting here today needing to make some decisions. And I want to encourage you. Turn to God. God has got connections here in this church. God has got that Naomi here in this church. If we go and we look at David, David had a Samuel in his, in his life that came in. And even his dad and his brothers, David's dad and his brothers, when Samuel came in to say, I need to anoint a king, and, and God's told me it comes from this family. Show me all your sons. Uh, David's father, Jesse, showed him all these boys. So that's it. Samuel said, no, 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 that's not it. There's got to be another one. Well, there is one out watching the sheep. I forgot about that one. You ever feel like you're that child? God forgot about that one. Dad forgot about that one. Let's go get him. Brought him in. He's a little scrawny, good-looking boy, scrappy little boy. Samuel said, that's him. I know his future. God's placed me together with him. If David will connect with me, the world is going to change. He didn't say that, but that's what was happening. I have come to anoint him as king. God has called him. And what did Samuel do? Walked with him as a child. Anointed him as king. And it took David time before he became king, didn't it? He went through all kinds of challenges. What happened? He got connected to Jonathan. You know David? Got connected to Jonathan. It's one of the most intimate male-to-male friendships that we see in the Bible. The connection between Jonathan and David. Why did God join Jonathan to David? To teach and to grow David up to be a king. He got him into the household of the king by that connection with Jonathan. And out of that, David was, was, was allowed to be prepared and to be taught and to be grown up. And how many of you know, through your walk with God, you need to be taught and you need to grow up and you need to grow? You. I know y'all are thinking, yeah, that other person does need to grow. No, you. You are here in the church to be grown by God, to be led by God, to get on track with where God has called you to go. That's an awesome thing, that God cares so much about you, that he has a place for you to go, and he is going to equip you with the people and the resources to get you there if you will just submit to him. Somebody say amen. Your people are going to be my people. Do you know Ephesians says that he, God wants to do more than we could ask or think. God wants to do more in your life than you could ever even dream up. Anybody here have big dreams? I've got huge dreams. And God's thoughts toward me are even greater than that. 
That's what happens when I allow godly friendships to form. And that's what I want to start with. Three points real quick. Aspects that God wants to do in your life through the church is to form godly friendships. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24 says, Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you'll learn to be like them and endanger your soul. You guys have any friends that are (laughs) hot-tempered? That was a weird response. Um, Let me just say, I can can relate to the flip side of the coin. I have had in my past a tendency to be hot-tempered. And look what it says. Don't hang around hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them. Has any of you ever noticed you picking up on people's characteristics of people that you hang out with? Good or bad? That's why we need to hang around the good. Anybody ever noticed your kids doing what you do? (laughs) Yeah. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them. Hang out with the wrong people. They're going to take you to the wrong places. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that the enemy makes us an object of his wrath. And he gets us to follow the wrong desires and the wrong thoughts. We've got to watch who we're hanging out with. Have you ever come to a point where you just ask yourself, how did I wind up here? How did I wind up here? I want you to ask yourself that question. How did I wind up here? And are the influences in my life leading me in the right direction? And am I allowing the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the people of God to lead me? Or am I allowing something else to lead me? I want you to catch this. I feel like this this really just jumped off the page to me this week. Matthew chapter 18. And I know you've probably heard this before. But I hope that you'll hear something. I hope that you'll get revelation this morning from this. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything, you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Break this down for just a minute. Don't make this too confusing. Be incredibly simple with as you read this. But what I see is that God answers when I am in agreement with someone. My asking needs to be connected to someone. If two of you agree, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. What I see here is that in order for my prayers to be answered, I need to be connected to people and I need to be in agreement. Do you know what it says in the Old Testament? One can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. God wants us together. Because there is kingdom power when we come together and agree according to God's word. He doesn't say he answers for us when we ask. He says that when we agree, he answers. What I'm trying to have happen today and what I believe the Holy Spirit's trying to say to you is wake up and recognize your connections because they are vital to your future. Negatively or positively. 
Both. It's so important. What happens when you hang out with an angry person? You start to agree with them. What happens when you start hanging out with a gossip? You start to agree with them. Your spirit comes into agreement. What happens when you get by somebody that's spirit-filled and loves the Lord? Your heart starts to agree with them. Can you see how important it is who you hang with? That's why God has the body of Christ, for us to agree, to come together, and to connect with people that are agreeing with His Word. The wrong connections take us to the wrong place. If two agree, Ruth and Naomi, two brokenhearted women, came into agreement your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you go, I will go. It's what Elisha said to Elijah. Wherever you're going, I will go. No, Elisha, just stay back. I'm going on. No, I will not. I will stay with you. Why? Because I want what you have. I want to believe that Ruth's life would have never been what it was had she not connected to Naomi. Their partnership and their ability to work together with God literally changed the world. Do you know C.S. Lewis um, gave this quote? When it comes to uh, friendships, when friendships are born, he said that friendships are born at that moment whenever one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one who was thinking this, who was feeling this. Can you see the connection? Sometimes it is two people that are going in the same direction. Have you ever met somebody that you talked to them for three hours and it felt like 10 minutes? Have you ever met somebody that you talked for 10 minutes and it felt like three hours? There are kingdom connections. There are kingdom connections. I want you to know that your prayers, your prayers are connected to your connections. Your prayers are connected to your connections. I believe that these godly friendships in your life are there to serve in one aspect as a bridge to get you from point A to point B. That without that friendship, without that godly friendship connection, there is a chasm so great you can't get there. We had some people share this morning in uh, Sunday school about how connections were made within the church, within the big C church, as well as within the little C church to help overcome an impossible situation whether it's with marriage or with a job or with kids or with your, just your own walk. God has connections for you. So we saw point number one was to form godly friendships. I don't think I have the rest on PowerPoint. Yeah, I do. Number two, friendships who can see. And what I mean is, is when I'm hanging around godly people, they will see where I need to go. 
they will have wisdom. They will have the next step of saying, you know what, I've been through this, and this is how to get through this. Or I can see that you're about to step off the stage. I want to encourage you to turn the other way and walk down the stairs. There's an easier way down than that. Because sometimes this is all we can see, and I can think, hey, I can make that. And then someone comes along and says, wait a minute, I've made that jump, and I broke my leg. Would you please just consider, I'll walk with you. Come with me. And let's walk down these steps. That sounds so elementary, but we are right on the chasm of doing something completely stupid. And God is sending us rescuers to come and help us. Here. Here. And when I say here, in the church, in the body of Christ, God is sending rescuers to you. And we have to listen. Again, I want to say that David's father did not see him as king. In fact, his brothers, it said that they saw him as annoying. Remember when he showed up on the battlefield? They were annoyed by him. He said, David, you're just here to see the show. No, David was here to kill the giant. They just didn't know it. But it said that when Saul anointed him, with oil, it said, from that day on, the Holy Spirit came on David in power. Young people, God can anoint you with power. Older people, God can anoint you with power. And do you know that anointing came through a connection? That anointing came through Samuel. And I want you to hear me, church, there are Samuels here in this church. There are Ruths and Naomi's here in this church. God has placed people here for you. You have been placed here for others. I have a, play, I have a part to play. I am called here. From that day on, the Holy Spirit came on him in power. Finally, he sends us friends to build with us. He sends the people that you need to help build and to grow and to go where God has called you to go. God has got a great plan for you. Do you know when David, David had to go hide. He was getting chased by Saul, his father-in-law. Anybody here have in-law problems? David had them. Literally, he'd go to dinner and have spears thrown at him. Sounds like Thanksgiving. Doesn't it? Kind of? Anybody here take some bashes when you get together with family? David literally had spears thrown at him. He, he told his best friend, Jonathan, his son, Jonathan, your dad's trying to kill me. Nah, he's not. He loves you. He, just come on to dinner. <laughs> Maybe he is trying to kill you. <laughs> David went and hid in a cave, and 400 men went and followed him. Do you know what it said about those 400 men? I got to get this right. It said, those 400 men were distressed, in debt, and discontent. That can't be fun in that cave. I can't imagine the conversations. But they trusted David as their leader, and he trusted them. And David led that army to victory. That was God's army. Those disgruntled people. 
You disgruntled? Hey, join the army. You discontent? You got some challenges? That's all right. We've got to connect. They connected to David, and what did they do? They started having victory after victory, and their victories were godly victories. I find that so interesting that a bunch of misfits connected to the king. Can we connect to the king? We've got victory ahead of us. In that victory comes people connections. We've got to connect. And you can't just stand back. I was talking to uh, one of my deacons this morning. The effort is on you, not on the other person. You've got to make the effort. You've got to make the effort. God's got them here for you. Second Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to close with this one. You've learned me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. You seasoned Christians that have been in the body and in the spirit and in the church, you need to be teaching. You need to be mentoring. You get around someone and you're going to start to see where they're supposed to go. And you're called to help them get there. You are called. Faithful people become able people. God has faithful people who will help us build and accomplish His purposes together. So I want to go back, and I'm going to close with this. Where two agree. You want to see a broken marriage? I'll show you a marriage that doesn't agree. You are called to people and to get in agreement with the right people. I need to break the relationships that my agreement with them is taking me the wrong way. Church, I have those relationships. I've had those relationships and they have led me the wrong direction. I have been on the flip side and have led people the wrong way because of my disgruntled, angry self. I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need to be filled with the Word and I need to get around people that are called by God to speak into my life. And then I have to listen. And I have to follow. Do you remember what Elijah said to Elisha? When Elisha said, I want a double portion of what you've got, Elijah said, you've asked a difficult thing. When you connect to a godly mentor, it's difficult because they're going to start to lead you in a direction that you may not have thought you were supposed to go in. And that's hard. God wants to lead you out of captivity into freedom. He's going to do that by His Word, by His Spirit, and by godly friendships. You've got to have connections. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank You for Your Word. I just ask You to soften our hearts. So many of us have been hurt in relationships. So many of us have been hurt even in church that we have put up walls and boundaries to not let people in. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to start to just tear those away. Bring those walls down and let us open up our hearts again to godly friendships. I just ask you for courage and strength to be able to recognize the wrong friendships that maybe we need to adjust the, the, the relationship that we have.
Father, I just ask you right now that those that are here that have never given their heart to you, that right now they would, that their hearts would just be softened. I want you to know that Scripture says that all have sinned and fall short. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. But if you will confess out of your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, you will be saved. If you've not made that connection, that is your first connection, is to Jesus. Do you know that He's been waiting for you? He's been calling you. You know it. You've been feeling it. It's time to answer that call and confess Jesus as Lord. And if this is your first time to do that, we want to know it, but we want to take it a step further and connect and to get godly people around you to start speaking God's word into your life. Would you be open to connecting? God is waiting. He is waiting. He has been waiting for you your whole life. Thank you, Lord, for godly people that you're sending into our life. Open up our eyes that we might see what you're doing and that we might change and turn and allow people to speak into our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.